guys. Well, welcome to or welcome back to TBN. 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 Trying to get that chant going every time. TBN. TBN. Welcome back, you guys. TBN. This used to be called Tuesday Bro Newsday. It used to be called Tuesday Bro Tuesday. It used to be a call-in show. We've done some weird things. But what we do nowadays is... uh, we report on some news. We kind of unpack, give our hot takes on some news that have been happening, that has been happening as it relates to what we do. Vaping, smoking. We don't smoke. Vaping, tobacco, tobacco control, smoking, uh, cigarettes, nicotine, science, policy, legislation, all the things. And the such as. That's what I should have said on the end there. And the such as. I'm your freedom-loving libertarian, bad libertarian host, uh, Grim Green. Now joined by my far-left fact-checker, it's Danielle Jones, everybody. Danielle hey Jones. Danielle Jones. Danielle Jones. How's things, Danielle Jones? Oh, you know, just uh, trying to... If you if I look like I'm at a Baywatch photo shoot, it's I was because I say. have a fan that's blowing. <laughs> Hopefully, you guys can't hear it. You shouldn't be able to. It's a fancy fan. But it is blowing, so occasionally I'm going to I know. You, you know. kept getting these, like just very glamorous bangs sort of drifting in the in the in the wind and just it's a little warm and we have no air conditioning yeah. well, so. it's not to Fans. look glamorous it's ultimately to no. keep your temperature down <laughs> it's a real silent it fan i can't hear anything i it's one of those dyson fans oh dyson money money mm-hmm. money money they're not cheap no, don't buy them, them get away. other fans don't do that unless you need unless you need a fan to to blow on you during a live stream right it's good for that it's really good it's for very that. quiet it seems to be real good for that if you just need a, a fan don't spend i have two of them i also i have too many dyson products okay you guys it's not <laughs> worth the money trust me from someone who knows i do really like their hair dryer but the fans just buy something else. just a it's big fine. fan of dyson that's all i it's a brand thing. They're, yeah. They have real sexy branding. Yeah, I'm a graphic do. designer. I can't really resist it. So I, I get sucked in the same exact way. If I see slick like packaging or advertising mm-hmm. or like a slick little pitch, I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. I'm in. I should buy These that. They're smart. I know. So. <laughs> You're appealing to the artist in me. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So that's why I've spent too much money and own too many Dysons. Too many Dysons. <laughs> too many i have two vacuums two fans and a hair dryer it's too much it's yeah. no that is a lot of brand a lot dyson, of dyson brand loyalty right there it is holy cow but the hair dryer okay if you have the money the hair dryer is really good okay i'm not gonna lie the hair dryer is i mean it's way too expensive it is way too expensive way too expensive is it a, and it's a hair dryer and all it does is it's dry a, your hair it uh it does it real Doesn't, well though oh like real well and it's dryer more you know it's like it's like soft and like silky and like sure, it's, sure. It's, a good, it's too expensive i bought it as, as a treat for myself i gave myself a treat and i spent way too much money on a hair dryer what do you want i don't know hey look as long as you enjoy the hair dryer enjoy I the d- hair dryer. I, do. I don't care how much you spend i on do it. that's between you and your bank i'll <laughs> <laughs> see how much you spent on a hair dryer but uh well, I welcome you guys. I really appreciate you being here. It's TBN. We're going to talk about uh, all of the nitty gritty news and advocacy stuff. There's going to be a little bit of a of a history lesson because I'm dying to talk about the campaign for tobacco free kids and Philip Morris with the Tobacco Control Act, the big Tobacco Control Act that started in 2004, ended up becoming a law in like 2009 or something like this. But mm-hmm. campaign for tobacco free kids and Philip Morris, they were basically BFFs for a while. 
through this mutually beneficial legislation. It's really bizarre. It's just really mm -hmm. bizarre to me. But so we're going to get all into that. We do have some other newsy bits and the such as that we're going to get into, uh, you know, user fees and talk about, uh, you know, Pfizer, maybe a little bit, big pharmaceuticals. Uh, we got some news out of the UK. We got some jewel lawsuits happening. And oh, where is he? Oh, there's old Glancy. <laughs> Watch out, quick, Daniel. Stan Glantz. As soon as we start talking about vaping or nicotine or harm reduction, Stanton Glantz just pops up and goes, I'm befuddled. I'm so befuddled. I'm so befuddled by harm reduction. Their underpants smell They're bizarre. <laughs> as, as, as good as I have. I got. I don't have anything. I don't that impersonate. Solid, <laughs> that was a solid Stanton Glantz just attempt. I appreciate the confidence that you gave that. Pity, pity compliment. Uh, no, Thank that you. was good. I, I can't. I appreciate all I get, you know, you get street cred if you just confidently just do something like do it. throw out an impression, try a somersault, do something, just confidently mm -hmm. try it. And even if you fail, you still you confidently failed. And I and I and I, I appreciate that. I can respect that. You know, Thank you. I can appreciate that. Let's do some uh, newsy bits and the such as ready for it. Get ready for it. Fully engorged breeze tones. Fully engorged. That's engorged. what I should have said. That would have been engorged, better. Breeze tones. I know. Yeah. Engorged. Where, where were you in my ear saying, "Here's what you should say"? Yeah. Where, where, where were you then, breeze tones? Huh? Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the first little bit of newsy thing uh, right out of the top: Pfizer halts global Shantix distribution after testing flags impurities. This is something we were discussing a little bit before the stream, and apparently, this is a pretty widespread thing. Danielle Jones. It is. It's been happening with other medications. Um, there was, and of course, I didn't earmark it anywhere, but there was a really good article on it I read um, that said there is a heartburn medication that has also mm -hmm. been recalled for this. Nick's going to get into it in a second mm. called uh, Zantac, I believe. Um, there is also a diabetes medication with this issue that was recalled, metformin, and I believe there was a blood pressure medication as well. Okay, and, and I, what you're saying, what this stems from, is certain ingredients don't don't play well together. They don't mix right. well together. From what I understand, it's certain ingredients mm -hmm. in the medicines can cause a chemical reaction, sure. and then generate these impurities, which I believe are nitrosamines, right? Mm -hmm. Nitrosamines, which are essentially. Right like low level carcinogens like over yes. enough time enough nitrosamines in your system it, it kind of just becomes a carcinogen but it says here smokers looking for pfizer's cessation med shantix may have a tough time finding the drug as the pharma giant has halted global distribution for impurity concerns after finding unacceptable levels of potential carcinogens called nitrosamines in certain shantix lots pfizer has halted worldwide distribution of the popular smoking cessation medicine so this isn't really you know groundbreaking news i'll take the chance i can anytime to drag pfizer through the mud just a little bit but ultimately it seems like this was a uh, in, in, in an issue like i've worked in manufacturing before so i know when there's a problem you have to go through this whole process of like here's where the problem started and do this trace recall and put certain lots on hold and do certain recalls and stuff like that so yep i'm sure that's just what you know what uh what they're doing here as far as like it's not something shady or you know no i don't i mean if you want to you one could argue that this is the system working right like right something yes. was noticed 
people are taking action. They are mm -hmm. making people aware. They are recalling mm -hmm. product. They are, you know, diagnosing the issue. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, ideally the good way why we have an FDA, right? To make right. sure that when stuff like this happens, that everyone is informed and aware and we make it safer. Um, so, I, you know, it is a thing that is happening. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't, you know get too crazy about it. I believe right. I read an article that said that actually the level of mitrosamines is not what is normally considered like super dangerous, right. but they're being overly cautious anyway, because even a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, they, they just don't want it in there. And mm -hmm. so they're, you know, pulling things and trying to figure out how to solve the issue basically. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see what Pfizer gets away with. I mean, they do have regulations in place that they do have to you know, abide by, right? But a spokesperson from the company said that they believe the drug's benefits outweigh the very low potential risks, if any, posed by this nitrosamine exposure from, uh, you know, any more than any other common sources of nitrosamines over a lifetime. Now, right. if they had found nitrosamines in any other, like, e-liquids? See, here's where, here's where I have an issue with this. You're not right? getting a free like, pass on that. Oh, no, it would be not at all. You know, oh, my God. I you know. know nothing is said. But yet Pfizer gets to say, well, the benefits still outweigh any potential harms. Right. What about for vaping? Vaping like, doesn't get to say that. What? How could we've been <laughs> saying that and no, 100 percent safe or nothing. Well, how about this? This isn't I mean, it's, it's yeah. so hypocritical. This is yep. what pisses me off. Nothing in life is 100% safe, okay? Right. Laying Nothing. in bed is not 100% safe. Your freaking house could, like, slide into a sinkhole. Like, nothing is safe, right? And yes. so this idea that, like, sometimes we have this unattainable 100% safety bar, but sometimes it's okay if there's some impurities yeah, in some Champix because the benefits, that... like... We know there could be lane, some nitrosamine. Bro. Yeah, I know. It's like defend your product in spite of everything else. It's like even if it's good, even if it's bad, doesn't matter. Still, still defend the product. Still defend the right. defend the product despite any harms it causes. And I mean, look, we know that Shantix isn't a great a great thing. I mean, the side effects of of Shantix are yeah. not great i mean there's people i was reading about there's people that have quit shantix just because they couldn't deal with the excessive painful flatulence that came along with it really people have stopped I didn't know that. shantix just with something like i was reading one study uh one trial with shantix where there was like eight percent of the smokers stopped using shantix because of like the excessive painful flatulence that comes along with it and that just that like, sounds terrible. I know. Even just I mean, like besides, uh, you know, vomiting, besides abdominal pain, besides this eternal painful flatulence and constipation, you'll have difficulty sleeping. You know, there's this whole thoughts of suicide, vivid nightmares, suicidal behavior. They used to have a black box warning, if I'm not mistaken. I think I thought they I think they got it removed, but they I'm pretty sure they used to have a black box warning. Yeah, they used to. Have, well, did they used to have a black box warning? I, don't I thought they that. did for the, the suicidal issues. But then I think later it got re removed. Don't quote mm -hmm. me on that, but I feel like I remember hearing that. But yeah, I mean, suicidal thoughts and actions is a side effect. Suicidal thoughts and actions is a side effect. And then they look at the side effects and they go, no. It will still help people help quit smoking, people. right? We look at the what, what's the side effect of vaping that you you form a dependence. Youths are using it. Or, no, let's go with 
Some yeah, youths sure. are using it. Some youths are using it. So because of that, now now vaping has no 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 credibility. No, nope. Doesn't help smokers. Uh, there's nope. no need to promote it because of this one kind of bad thing. Meanwhile, Chantix just gets a free pass on all of the horrible shit that they cause because it might help smokers quit smoking. You think that vaping will ever get to that point where it's like, oh, this company accidentally released a bunch of e-liquid that had diacetyl in it and had to do a recall, but everything's okay now, so you guys can just keep vaping because everything bad's been recalled. I mean, I feel like a campaign <laughs> for tobacco-free kids would never allow that, but... Never allow that. So it's whatever. Look, you shouldn't be using Shantix anyway. Don't even... I mean, look, I'm not going to tell you how to quit smoking. Use it's every tool in the arsenal. It's between you and your doctor, right? yeah, okay? Yeah, exactly. Like, that's talk whatever. to your doctor. But if there are much it, less awful ways to quit smoking. Much less saying. awful ways. Much, For some people, Champix is awful, ways. so please be careful. For a lot of people. I mean, I haven't talked to... I mean, purely anecdotally, mm-hmm. I haven't personally spoken to anyone that Shantix was a smashing success for. I saw one dude, I interacted with one guy on Twitter who claimed that he took it with no issues and quit smoking. I don't know that person, but I did see it on Twitter. So I'm like, obviously they exist. I mean, right. Obviously they exist. Yeah. A hundred percent. Here's what I'll say though. Fucking vaping. (laughs) I don't know. Vaping. No suicidal ideations with vaping. That's all we're going to go ahead and say. You're already used to it. You're inhaling. You're exhaling. You can self-medicate your own dosage of nicotine. And it's a quick, it's a smooth, enjoyable process that doesn't involve excessive painful flatulence or vivid nightmares or suicidal thoughts or gastrointestinal disorders or anything. It doesn't cause any of that. You might have a dry mouth. You might. But you I know didn't, what? but you I've heard just, that uh, some people do. There's it's this just great like hydrate. organic solution to that. Oh, it's cool. water. Water. Mm-hmm. Careful, it's not 100 awesome. percent safe either. But, uh, it's you know. not, and people have died from drinking too much water. They do. They have died from drinking too much yes, water. Yeah. That is definitely a thing that ha- can happen to you. Ban it. <laughs> just campaign <ban> for <laughs> water-free kids. Campaign for water-free kids. That is an enormous water jug. This I just, is my. This, I, I love this. This is uh It's huge. I'll put a link in the description. It's the coldest water. Sixty-four ounces. Drink one every day. Sixty-four oh ounces. Technically, I'm supposed to drink two of these every day, but I cannot make it. I can get uh, through like one, and some change, but usually it's two. It's supposed to do two. It's a lot. I feel like you'd be in the bathroom intake. every hour. You are. Here's the thing, though. Here's what I learned. And this was the lesson that my wife taught me is I said the same thing. I said, I hate peeing so much. I just hate peeing so much. Every 15 minutes, I'm getting up to pee because I'm drinking 64 ounces of water, you know, Mm -hmm. in one sitting. But what I've learned is your body is an incredible thing and it it will adapt to it. So your bladder muscles just it's like they're doing like exercises mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. now i can drink a mountain of water and i have really strong bladder muscles so i feel like i don't have to pee for hours now but then when yeah. it does happen it's like a torrential everything flood. you drink yeah. so it's interesting like drinking more water like inadvertently strengthens your your bladder muscles it's a pretty interesting you heard it thing. here first kids. yeah i, I mean. used to get up in the middle of the night all the time and go pee from drinking so much water and now i sleep through the whole night nice don't have to nice. get up 
bladder muscles. You didn't think you'd be learning about that on TBN today, did you guys? Learn something new every episode. Stay hydrated. Work out those bladder muscles. All right. So uh, remember the user fees? This yes. was a thing that was brought up uh, multiple, many, multiple times. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're going to be looking at... Uh, a vaping 360 here. Our good buddy Jim McDonald said House Dems reject proposed US FDA user fees for vape companies. So these were user fees that were going to be levied by the FDA's Center for Tobacco Products on vape companies in order mm-hmm. to be funded because evidently CTP has no taxpayer funding of, um, of, of FDA- any sort. FDA does get some money from Congress, but my understanding is a large majority of their budget comes from user fees because med- medical devices and mm-hmm. you know pills and drugs they sure. pay user fees as yeah. well. Yeah. So a lot of the FDA budget, I as I understand it, comes from user fees. Comes from user fees, and they were hoping to get some of those sweet sweet user fees from vape people. Right. But it says for the third year in a row, the Democratic led. U.S. House of Representatives will not approve a White House FDA budget request to collect tobacco company user fees from vape manufacturers. The Trump administration included a request for $100 million in vape company user fees in its FDA budgets for fiscal years 2020 and 2021. The Biden White House made an identical request for FY 2022. Tobacco company fees uh, completely fund the FDA's Center for Tobacco Products and all of its initiatives. The CTP receives no funding from taxes or other sources. Congress approved Congress approved $681 million in user fees for 2021, and the Biden re- administration requested $780 million for 2022, including $100 million in vape fee companies. Th- those types of numbers just boggle my mind 600 million dollars it's a lot 600 million dollars and that's just i mean there's i I, and i always this is where my libertarianness kicks in because i think well what do you need with 680 how are you spending this money how are you spending this money I feel like you might might not be spending it the, the you know like in the most you know fiscally responsible way possible and I can't understand why you need seven hundred and eighty million dollars for FDA's Center for Tobacco Products. Is that isn't that the entire FDA, their full budget? Yes. Or is it just the Center uh, for Tobacco Products? It says Center for Tobacco Products. It says tobacco company fees completely fund the FDA's Center for Tobacco Products (CTP). But the seven hundred eighty million was that for the full FDA budget or just? I think it's the. I feel like that's the full FDA budget. I didn't say. Uh, Jim McDonald did not clarify if that was the full FDA budget or just for the CTP. I think it. I don't know. I, th- I think it might be full FDA. Full FDA. I could see seven hundred million dollars. Sure. I think maybe that's you need what that it's... much money for full FDA, but just one center for tobacco products. Yeah, I don't million know. Dollars? That would be very excessive if it were just the Center for Tobacco Products. That Yeah, that seems yeah crazy expensive. Crazy expensive. Uh, it goes on to say, Democrats have held the House majority since 2019. January. Uh, pardon me. Wow, that was gross. Burp life. <laughs> January, I know. No, no professional journalist would get away with that. Uh, good thing we're not that. Yeah, real good thing. 
No, we we have dancey, jazzy porn music intros. Like we we do. We, we are, definitely do. We are not journalists. Uh, de uh, Democrats have held the House majority since January 2019. As the party generally opposed to vaping and tobacco, it's odd that Democrats have three times passed up the chance to punish vaping manufacturers. One possible explanation is that Congress Congress thinks assessing fees could legitimize an industry that they see as illegitimate. Jim McDonald, that's an unbelievable point that I had never really thought about before. I also believe this as well. That That is a really, really good point. The Congress doesn't also, see the vape industry as a legitimate industry. Well, plus, if FDA is allowed to take user fees from vape manufacturers, that would only happen if there were some vape products that they were regulating, right? Mm. So if they mm. can get user fees, wouldn't that incentivize them to approve some PMTAs? Yeah. Because if there's no PMTAs, flowing. there's no user fee. Like you have right. to you have to have a product regulated by FDA in order <laughs> to pay a user fee, right? Yep. Like it's not just they can just ask anyone for money. They would you'd have to have a PMTA and be under their jurisdiction and do stuff with them mm -hmm. in order to pay these fees. Mm -hmm. So if Congress is like, yeah, you can collect fees, of course, FDA might be like, well, now we need people to fill these seats. Yep. We can charge admission. Come on in. Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah. that's my theory that, you know, Matt Myers and Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids is like, you're not going to need user fees. We're going to destroy these products. Yeah. Like, yep. We're going to destroy these products. Kind of, a part of me wants to see the user fees almost there a little is, bit. I don't want them, little, but I kind I of want them. I know. There's an argument to be made here for like, you know, if we got into this funding stream, would they then want to keep us in the, you know what I mean? Now, the yeah. problem is anything like that is more than likely going to raise the price of the product, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the downside mm -hmm. of it because- you know, economics 101, if company costs go up, product price goes up because they need more, you know, money. So yep. it's interesting. It is. It's really interesting. It's fascinating. Um, one of the things that Jim McDonald talks about in this is they. So apart from not wanting to maybe not wanting to legitimize a vape industry and start collecting those user fees because that would legitimize it. They don't really have a way to even like calculate what the user fees would would be. So Jim McDonald writes here and he says, tobacco company user fees are calculated with a complex formula that includes a multitude of federal tobacco excise tax rates for each type of tobacco product. Currently, the FDA collects user fees from manufacturers and importers of cigarettes and snuff and chewing tobacco and cigars and roll your own tobacco and pipe tobacco. And cigarette sales account for the large majority of those fees. He says there's no federal tax on e-cigarettes or other vaping products, so assessing their user fees on vape manufacturers would require a completely new system to even calculate these fees. Probably. Which makes it seem like Congress is just going, well, that just seems like too much work. Not only do that we not want not only do we not want to legitimize the vape industry by collecting these user fees, but even coming up with a, a scheme to calculate these user fees is, is too big of a task for us to even handle right now. Right, right. So, And the other interesting thing is, and I think he mentions this in the article, so sorry if I'm jumping the gun, but no, there have it. been 
a few bills that mm -hmm. have been passed by the House that also included user fees in them. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me because the House keeps denying them, yet they've passed a couple bills with them in. Yeah. My explanation for that, if anyone is interested, is yes. they don't even read the bills. Right. That is my yes. potential explanation for yes. that. They see the headline is save the children from the e-cigarettes and they go voting signed yep. and then yes. in there is user fees and they don't read it because they don't read because the Congress. Yeah. And so they're just completely oblivious. And so they don't know that they may have already passed some user fees. I mean, in the, I don't think any of the bills ever made it through the Senate, like, yeah. but the House has passed, you know, so it's just because I think Jim talks about that yeah. at the end of the his article He's like, why, you know, I think yep. it's because they don't read. That is what I think. I think they don't read the bills. I think it's because they don't read the bills. That I would feel actually pretty confident that would actually explain everything. That would actually explain everything that takes away the legitimate, illegitimate, like speculation that takes away. I mean, that takes away a lot of things, just assuming they don't read the bill. Well, what yeah. do you expect from Congress? Look, you can't expect them to read every word of every law and bill that they're passing. That's I kind of think crazy. that that is literally their job. Yeah, but it's hard. Like, it's, it's a lot of reading. I It's a lot of reading. Then don't run for Congress if you don't like to read. Well, dang. All right. Just That's how I feel there. about that. I know. That. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate and I defend know. politicians for some reason. So for the third year in a row, or if, yeah, I guess for the third year in a row, there's going to be no FDA user fees for vape companies. I'm interested to see what right happens. At, yes. You know, are some yes. PMTAs going to get approved and then are we going to see user fees? Here's the thing. So, I say this every time. I think I say this every Tuesday. Some PMTAs are going to get approved. A bunch like of it, PMTAs it, are going to get approved and they're going to be flavored products. I I feel like that has to, at least some. I agree with you. I, I can't see how that couldn't happen. I agree with you. I feel like <laughs> something has to get through. They have to. They something has to get through. They can't FDA can't look at 6 million applications and go none nope. of these No. Nope. None of these had the proper science. None of them could prove that there are benefits to public health. What are you crazy FDA? You know that vaping's a benefit to public health. They already know that. I mean Come on FDA, they know. They have to know. How can they not know? I I think that some of them know. I think some of them know. The ones when, who are actually at the computers doing the research, not the ones that talk on Twitter, right? But the ones in the back room that they hide doing right. the research. I think they, they know. know. I think they know. Well, they need to tell Janet Woodcock all about that. Also, Janet Woodcock doesn't even know what Tipsec is, but let's not even yeah, get let's into not that. even focus on that. Also, she's only acting FDA commissioner. We it's should true. be getting an FDA commissioner, like a Biden appointed FDA yeah, commissioner, yeah, yeah, yeah. at some yeah. point soon. I would think yes. Scott Gottlieb, come on, Scott Gottlieb, come on, Scott Gottlieb, oh, no. come on, Scott Gottlieb. How insane would come that on, be? I, don't, I would, I would I rejoice. Would almost just buy popcorn to see. I, what the I would hell be happens. so overjoyed. I'd be so overjoyed. Scott Gottlieb, come on, Scott Gottlieb, one more run as FDA commissioner, buddy. Come on, I know you got it in you. We can get vaping on the map. I know we could do it. Scotty G with the socks. Scotty G with the socks. It's going to happen. Uh, let's see. A little bit more uh, newsy bits in the such as. 
Oh, this is from, uh... Meanwhile in the f***ing UK! So, meanwhile, in the fucking UK... I love that clip. I, that's one of my patrons. Uh, shout out Andy Jones. He's the bearded lorry man. I, I, I hit him up for a special request, and he did like five or six takes. The first one yes. was the best one, so I just oh, used yeah. it. That's yeah, so good. Just like hearing mm -hmm. a British person yell the word yes. fuck is just great. Yes! How much do you yes. love that? <laughs> also, an Australian person. Yes. And a C word. Yes. Like, uh, yes. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. I just want to. Put it they're on allowed. Loop. Just it's loop just, it. It's less bad when they do it. Like it they're is. just allowed to. Mm -hmm. Like it's just nobody gets in trouble if you have that accent and you say that. Yep, exactly. And it's honestly, I, I encourage it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I encourage it. I'm like, swear it. Just, just, just do it. So, meanwhile, in the UK, this is, <laughs> this is one of the most bananas things to me. Meanwhile, in the UK, oh, hang on, did I lose this? Oh, I guess I lost it. It's okay. The we headline? can find it again. Yeah, I just lost the uh, the web page. Meanwhile, oh. in the UK, as being reported by MSN.com, MSN News, uh, homeless people given free e-cigarettes as part of a new trial. Homeless people are going to be given e-cigarettes uh, to help them quit smoking. This is a study that's being conducted in 32 centers for homeless across five regions of the UK, Scotland, Wales, London, the Southeast, and the East of England. E-cigarette starter kits, which usually cost around 25 bucks, will be given for free to people at half of these participating centers. People at the other centers will be allocated into a care group. The full 1.7 million pound research trial will include 480 participants with 240 in each group and 15 from each center. Professor Caitlin Notley from the University of East Anglia's Norwich Medical School said, we know that around 70% of people who, who are homeless smoke tobacco. This is far higher than the UK average of 14.1%. We also know that e-cigarettes are the most popular quitting the most popular method of quitting smoking, which some studies suggesting they are even more helpful aids than nicotine gum or patches and much less harmful than smoking tobacco. Yeah, they are. Much less. So they go into a little bit of, uh, you know, about vaping, how they, you know, they can be an attractive option for people who want to quit smoking. And maybe they've trialed and they failed in the past. It says uh, this project is led by London South Bank University, the UCL in collaboration with UEA, King's College London, Queen Mary University of London, the University of York. Cardiff University, the University of Stirling, and the University of Edinburgh. Nice. It is being funded completely independently by the National Institutes of Health Research. Nice. Unbelievable. So when this study happens and, and it is and it's a huge success, and all of these homeless people quit smoking with with free e-cig kits, this is just going to be another another large piece of evidence that's going to speak to the efficacy and safety of using e-cigs for, for quitting smoking. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's so crazy. It was just crazy to me reading this. Cause I'm like, Whoa, in the UK, they're giving homeless people e-cigs to quit smoking. And in the U S it's like, ban it. Yeah. Ban it. What are we trying to do in the U S we're trying to like keep cops from killing citizens and in the UK, they're like, how can we further help the homeless? Let's help them quit smoking. In LA, we just stuff all the homeless under the uh, overpasses, under the freeway overpasses. Mm -hmm. That's where they all go. They just kind of all go in there. 
And uh, we don't care if they smoke or do drugs or light fires or anything like that. But in the UK... Meanwhile, in the f***ing UK! I think this is great. I love the crap out of this. Uh, I, I, I want to keep up with this study. Like, I, I kind of already know how this study's going to go, though. I mean, maybe not 100%, but you got to imagine. I do wonder about their like ability to recharge batteries. That's the only thing mm. um, that in a you know nomadic lifestyle, sure, if you will, sure. are they going to be given like some way of reliably recharging? That would be my question. Like, yeah. do they also give them like I'm those curious. giant battery packs that like you just need oh, to charge yeah. like once a week? Like that would be nice to include with their kit, you know, or something like that, yeah. that would be my only concern would be making sure that- I wonder if they're gonna be just like disposables. That could be, and in that case, that may, and you just get a new one, you know, every week yeah. or whatever it is. That would make sense to me. So they're get, and, and you know, this is just adding on to. In the UK, they're giving homeless people free e-cigarettes to get them to quit smoking. In the United States, we gave uh, inmates disposable e-cigarettes so the inmates could quit smoking. I do remember hearing about that. So we're yeah. giving free vapes to prisoners so they can quit smoking, and we're giving free vapes to homeless people so they can quit smoking, but a free adult American, I can't go buy e-liquid to quit smoking? Nope. Not you. What's up, America? We're the fucking weirdest country on earth. It makes no fucking sense. That is ridiculous. That's insane to me. Yep. That's insane to me. <sighs> that is just insane to me. So that's what's going on. Meanwhile, in the uk where they actually give a shit <laughs> i'm not saying that look i'm not trying to i'm a I, little saying it i'm, I'm a little bit saying it too i'm a little bit saying it too and here's the thing i know that every countries and states they all have their own issues, issues. right yeah. like issues and societal things and legal sure. things and uh, you know i'm sure there's large swaths of people in the uk that hate the government, hate uh, Boris, Brexit, Brexit drama. you know, Brexit yeah. drama, and they're disappointed with Brexit, or maybe they're happy about Brexit. So I realize that me saying that the UK is doing everything right, that's speaking purely in terms of vaping and harm reduction. That's, right. that's it. If I was to base where I wanted to live on vaping, it would be the UK. <laughs> that's I mean, it. If I wanted to base where I lived on quitting smoking, it would probably be the United Kingdom. Also... Maybe healthcare and maybe like police violence. And yeah, maybe, healthcare, not the food though. Police uh, violence, food. They need oh, to. Oh, you know, uh, look, the UK has some okay dishes. I, I'm not sure like, how many UK people are here tonight, but British food is that like potatoes? Like, what are we talking about? Sure, here? I no, mean, like what? What, what is I, it? What I've consumed in the UK is uh, one thing that they they are very proud of is the pro like a proper English breakfast. You know, okay. so it's what lots of meat and hams and uh, lots of, uh, you know, it's like a big proper breakfast with eggs and, and meats and hams. But they also do like uh, baked beans with their oh. with their English breakfast. It's like it's baked oh. beans in there. So that's like a, oh, a proper beans. English thing. I mean, okay. it's hard to deny the the worldwide receptiveness to like fish and chips. That's a British. Is that a British thing? It's a British thing. Okay. Fish and chips right. with uh, malt right. vinegar on them. Uh, no, no, no. I like the white sauce. Tartar sauce. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Everybody likes tartar sauce, but if you're in the UK, you throw some malt vinegar on there. See, even I, I grew up eating fish and chips with malt vinegar because of my mother. So now I like fish and chips with malt vinegar. 
It's real good. Okay. I I'm, I feel like it's I'm not good. really into vinegar in general. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a it's an it's an acquired. Is it an acquired thing. taste? It's kind of an Is acquired a, thing. Yeah. I don't love vinegar. Like I'm not throwing vinegar on, you know, Do spaghetti you like or chips? you know. Yeah, yeah, I like salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. yeah, I do. I get extra. I get like extra vinegar on like sub sandwiches too. Barbecue, like Look, chips. I'm not I mean, trying to say it's that it's better. Cool Ranch. <laughs> yeah, Cool Ranch. Okay, look. Oh, Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch. Except in the UK, they call them crisps. Oh, crisps. Yeah, right. They don't call them right. chips. Chips. And or isn't French there fries something there. weird with cookies too? Cookies are called biscuits. Biscuits. Yeah, biscuits. Biscuits. I would get a lot of wrong food for like the first <laughs> month that I was there, and then I'd figure it out. But it would be confusing. It's great. You have to go. Have I'm, you ever been to the UK? One time. Oh, you One should time. go again. When I was in like high school with my mm-hmm. parents. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. it's fun to go as an adult. I've had a great times in the UK. Great times in the UK. You should go eat some eat some fish and chips with malt vinegar. So good. So good. You'll get you'll. You won't. You probably won't. I won't. I won't. No, let's be real here. I Let's won't. be real here. You won't. And that's okay. You know, that's fine. Uh, yeah, Chunkmeister here. I'll throw that out there too. Uh, UK chocolate, you definitely win. You guys have Cadbury. Oh. And Cadbury is like, oh my God, it's the best chocolate. It's unbelievable chocolate. It makes Hershey's look like fucking sewer poop. Okay, but what Maybe about like Giardelli? Poop. Because Giardelli is bay. Yeah, it's fine. Look, I know you say Giardelli. Sometimes I say Ghirardelli. I agree the Ghirardelli is really good, but I think Cadbury is a, is a superior chocolate. Superior chocolate. Really? Much I thought superior they were like chocolate. trashy Hershey, Hershey chocolate. No, Cadbury? No. I Cadbury is like Cadbury. Cadbury is a respected brand. Oh. Respected chocolate brand. I just know about their eggs and their really dumb Easter commercials that they've been running since like the 70s. Exactly. The rabbits, yeah. I know. And it's crazy to me that they still even need to add. Who doesn't know about Cadbury cream eggs? I mean, if you like staple of Easter. You know it's there. Everybody everybody knows it's (laughs) Advertise Cadbury cream eggs. Cadbury cream eggs with uh, malt vinegar, Brady? Yeah, that sounds. I'll try anything once. You want to get to some main thing? You want yeah, to talk probably. about Philip Morris and campaign for tobacco-free kids being BFFs? Oh, wait. What about Jewel? Oh, yeah. Wait. About what about Jewel? And what about, honestly, I think there were some super chests that came in, at least one from oh. Barbara. Uh, per Google FDA 2021 budget, $6.5 billion. So that oh, okay. must have been just for the CTP. Really? That yeah. much money? Look, Goodness. It's just okay, my, cousin, my cousin's uh, fact-checking over there <laughs> on Google. That's it a is. Lot of money. A lot of fucking money. It's too much money. I feel like if I went through their budget, I could trim some fat. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, are you absolutely. sure you need, like, $80 pens? Like, absolutely. Are you sure that the $2 pens will not suffice? Well, like, and this is where my uh, this is where my libertarianisms come in, where I think... Why do you think you can spend my money better than me? I mean. Why? Why does the federal government think they can spend my money better than me? We're going to take your money. What do you want us to use it for? Fix the roads? Fat chance. Missile. (laughs) You go, oh, okay. I had no say in that. Awesome. 
Yeah. And they're fine. Like government waste, they just waste money. Oh just yeah. Bloated government waste sure. and bureaucracy For is sure. ridiculous. Like the money that the government wastes could feed homeless vets the world over. Like the government wastes so much of your money. It's goofy. It's comical. Before before you go into government, you should it's be comical. required to do like a year at a nonprofit with no budget. Mm -hmm. That way, when you get to the government, you're like, no, we can do this way cheaper. Yeah, we can guys. do this on a shoestring budget. Exactly. We yeah. don't need seven hundred million million dollars really, for the CTP. You really can. Yeah. yeah. You, you really, really can. can. You really can. All right, real quickly. Jewel. Yep. Jewel. Jewel. Jewel got in trouble, I guess, kind of, in uh, eh, North... They no, settled. They settled. They settled a lawsuit. So Durham, North Carolina, electronic cigarette giant Jewel Labs will pay $40 million to North Carolina and take more action to prevent underage use and sales. That's according to a landmark legal settlement. Landmark? Mm, that's a stretch. Ah, I wouldn't say landmark, uh, but uh, that's according to a landmark legal settlement announced Monday after years of accusations that the company had fueled the explosion in teen vaping. North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein had accused Juul of unfair and deceptive marketing practices targeting young people to use its vaping products, which deliver addictive nicotine. Why did Juul bother settling this? That's not going to win. Jewel well, could I mean, have won this. <laughs> that's that. I, mean, I feel that's like they could have. It that's is. a complicated. I know. Like on that front, I don't know. I tend to trust like because they may have won. But here's the thing. It may have cost them more money to go to trial than it would just to settle. That's yeah, the other thing. Just you have to settle. To, and even like like true. That is very, very true. That's how lawsuits work. Right. What's the cheapest way I can get out of this? Like, yeah. Is it to settle? Well, okay. But then if they had fought this, then Attorney General Josh Stein would have been forced to like testify and prove that Jewel's marketing practices were the catalyst in getting youth in that state to vape. Right. Like that's a thin little string of an argument right there. I mean, you're not wrong, but if you think about it, what jury in the world is not already going to be primed to hear right, that to argument? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, they <sighs> shouldn't be able to win that, but probably they could. Probably they could have. Another component to this is the $40 million. What is what is that? Nothing to Jewel. I mean. What is that? Zero to Jewel? It's Nothing. It's not a t I mean it's not nothing but I mean it's, it sounds look, like a lot to us it's but not to a, nothing but a big to corporation Altria, right I but to Altria I feel like that's just the cost of doing business an argument could be made for that I think that that is just a a cost of doing business thing for Jewel I don't think they're gonna I think that 40 million dollars might even just go completely unnoticed and then all Jewel promised to do in return so here's what Here's the commitments, reading mm -hmm. now from uh, uh, EIN News Presswire, press release. Okay, Journey, Attorney General Stein, <sighs> Attorney General Stein, okay. Mm -hmm. So included in this, in this lawsuit, which this is just one of lots mm -hmm. about Jewel going on right now. You were telling me earlier, it's not just this state, it's lots of states, lots of attorney generals in schools 
Yeah, there's are over kind of getting in on this action as well. Yeah, there's over like 2,000 different individual lawsuits, if not more than that, going on. Mm-hmm. Like 155 plus schools are suing. 14 other attorneys generals are suing. Like, it is the hottest thing to do in litigation news is to sue Jewel. Yeah, it just seems like it's the cool thing to do. So now that this is settled and they've paid the state $40 million, it says Jewel is making the following commitments about its business practices enforceable in a North Carolina court in order to avoid appealing to young people. This is their this is their plan. No marketing that appeals to people under the age of 21. Which seems Jewel's complete, already doing that. Yeah, complete and look. I'm tired of this like vague shit. You can't if it might appeal to someone under 21, is there like a a, a high court yeah, of, what a, of appealing? Like, is that, does Jewel have to come to North Carolina and go, okay, this, what do you think of this? And they go, I don't know. What do you think? Could, let's bring a teenager in here. Billy, what do you think of this Jewel product? Oh, it's blue and you like blue? Sorry, Jewel. That blue color clearly appeared to appeal to someone under 21, so that is not allowed. No. Who's making these decisions as to who appeals to what? As what appeals to what? That is ridiculous. That's like a vague, unattainable standard that is so left open to, you know, interpretation. Anyway, I don't want to go on a big rant here. Uh, not using most social media advertising influencer mm-hmm. advertising, outdoor advertising near schools, and sponsoring sporting events and concerts. Mm-hmm. Which seems fine, but I'm assuming that, look, politicians don't even know what influencers are like, <laughs> to begin with, so how are they going to police influencer advertising in the state of North Carolina? These are un- unenforceable things. No claims that compare the health effects of using a jewel with the health effects of using combustible cigarettes. No telling the truth. In order to market your product in North Carolina, Jewel has to lie in North Carolina to sell its products. No online sales to anyone not age verified by an independent age verification system. That is the only thing that makes complete and total sense out of this whole thing because that's something that we could have implemented nationwide years ago and avoided literally all of this. I'm pretty sure Jewel has had age verification for like a while. We've had on the internet, we've had years of robust age verifications programs and softwares that the only legislation that ever needed to be written was they could have even narrowed it down to like one specific company and said, you have to use this age verification on your website. Right. As long as it wasn't like, you know, only so expensive that only the big guys could. Right. Right. But even. Yeah. I mean. There's so many times where this could have been fixed, but no one no one did anything. No retails to sales, uh, you know, under not age verified using the barcode scanner on the ID. Um, the products have to be behind the counters so shoppers cannot access them without a sh- without a shop employee's assistance. I think that's isn't every retail store yes. in the world like that? Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. To make sure. Basically, all the stuff that Jewel agreed to, they've already been doing for like years. Right. They've already been doing this for years, and then they just had to pay forty million dollars, and it's like, okay, yeah, we're just going to continue years. doing what we've done. Yeah, here's your money. Leave us alone. Bye. It's like yeah. Jewel had to pay South Carolina 
for getting their stupid kids off of cigarettes. Like that's what I feel like just happened in, in, in North Carolina rather. I feel like all these smoker kids in North Carolina all quit with a jewel and now they have low smoking rates, but now Jewel's paying the state $40 million for lowering the smoking rates. Look, I'm not a defender of Jewel, but you can't argue that that's definitely what's happening. <laughs> It'll be really interesting to see what, you know, It this is, I think, like nearly impossible to track, but I would put a lot of money on none of, or a lot of money on a bet that none of that money that Jewel is giving them is probably going to be used for like anti-vaping no, or anything. No, I mean, if you, if you no. look at North Carolina's track record for like MSA money, Nah. Yeah, no, and that's what they're supposed to use this money for. North Carolina, this is going to go towards uh, this $40 million over the next six years is money that will fund programs to help people quit e-cigarettes, provi- prevent e-cigarette addiction, and research e-cigarettes. I wonder if that's like actual, like, I don't know if, because some states, like, you can't actually put limits on what they can spend the money on. Right. So I'm wondering if, like, the AG is just saying that or if it, there's actually some kind of rule where they can't use it for anything else. But mm. I don't know, man. Um, I have a And <laughs> there's no guess. reason. Yeah, there's no. I mean, just the track record alone with how states have spent MSA money. Oh, it's You bad. can kind of just guess at how this money's going to be spent, too. Right. I mean, if Golf history, course, maybe. Uh Covered shipping bridges, docks, shipping docks, jails, jails yeah. yeah, private prisons, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. good, good, good on you, Jewel. So it's whatever. Jewel's still selling uh, in North Carolina, yep. doing the things that they've been doing. Except now they, the Attorney General of North Carolina, Josh Stein, he's he's really patting himself on the back these oh, days for that forty million dollars. Yeah, no. Can you imagine how stoked he was? Forty million bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jewel. Fuck you guys. Yeah, I'm Josh Stein. I'm Attorney and General. Then, like know? the same day, he wrote a letter to the FDA, being like, "You guys should ban all flavors and um, yeah, you know, ban nicotine high strengths and blah blah blah." And I'm yeah. like, "So you got your money, and now you're like, I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, dude. Pretty <sighs> much. Uh. Okay, now that we have 10 minutes left in the stream, let's get to the main thing. Oh, no. It's okay. It's okay. Are we going long or are we just going to do a yeah, really we, short We might be going a little bit long. I, I've already, I'm trying to condense this down and to do as little as reading as possible, but this is going to be a little bit of a, of a story time with Grim Green because... I ran across this article. I don't even remember where or how I found this, but I read it and I went, whoa, mm-hmm. I have to share this. And it's it's going to be a lot of reading so you guys can tuck in. But this is a little bit of like the history of tobacco control. This is going back pre-vaping, pre-grim green, pre-TBN, pre-everything. This is going way back to 2004. And we're going to see how... Matt Myers and Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids became best friends with Philip Morris in order to craft this legislation. It's a weird, gross, incestuous relationship between CTFK and and Philip Morris International. Let's 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 move forward. Let's let's get into this. How Philip Morris and tobacco foes tied the knot. God, this is so good. I hope you guys are as stoked as I am. Uh, It starts off uh, like this. 
moments. Okay, keep in mind, keep in mind that this is from 2004. Yeah, this is this is in the past. This you guys. is ancient this is history. history, ancient history. But it's really gonna shed a lot of light on where we are, like literally right now. You're gonna see some things that Philip Morris does that they've done recently again. You're gonna see campaign for tobacco-free kids getting real cozy with Philip Morris International. Moments after lawmakers unveiled landmark legislation. See, this I would describe as landmark legislation. Oh, sure. Definitely landmark legislation. Moments after lawmakers unveiled landmark legislation last spring to impose the most sweeping regulations on cigarettes in history, two of the people most closely involved in the momentous compromise bumped into each other after leaving a press conference on the deal. Though they were just a few steps away from each other outside the Senate's television studio, Matt Myers and Mark Berlind didn't shake hands, embrace, or even say hello. Instead, they moved silently past each other, carefully avoiding eye contact. Myers and Berlind may be the biggest winners if Congress approves this tobacco bill next week, but they're about as comfortable as boys and girls at a sixth grade dance. It's easy to see why. Matt Myers is the campaign for tobacco-free kids. Matt Myers is the president of the campaign for tobacco-free kids, a group dedicated to outlawing smoking. That's not true anymore. They, they don't, they're not trying to outlaw smoking. They're trying to outlaw nicotine completely. And Bernard and Berlind is the chief, ex, chief legislative counsel for Altria Group, the parent company of Philip Morris, the nation's leading cigarette maker. But the awkward encounter that day belies an uncomfortable alliance between the two men and their organizations that has helped move the tobacco bill closer than ever before to the president's desk. Thanks to separate but equally calculated decisions by Philip Morris in the campaign for tobacco-free kids, each has broken ranks with their typical allies and formed a secret alliance and met clandestinely to iron out key sticking points of the legislation. It just gets weirder and weirder. Uh-huh. Representative mm-hmm. Harry, Henry Waxman, who is a, a 15-term Democrat from California, he said, it's the most unusual alliance I've seen in a while. The talks between Philip Morris and the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids took place on Capitol Hill, even as the two sides battled over a $200 billion Justice Department lawsuit in a federal courthouse just a few blocks down the road on Pennsylvania Avenue. Danielle dug into this a little bit, and it turns out that this was the 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 the, the government versus Philip Morris. Yeah, this was the United States of America right. versus Philip Morris. This mm. was a federal lawsuit. There's, I and mean, we could do an entire history lesson about this. So yeah. you had you had the MSA that they came to that agreement, and then the year after, the federal government sued Philip Morris. Um, and this lawsuit went on for a while. And even after it was settled, it still drug on. But mm-hmm. essentially, it, they made a RICO case. So racketeering yeah. case, if you guys are familiar with, you know, RICO, basically. Um, and ultimately won. And if in 2017, do you remember seeing these really bizarre television commercials where it was just a white screen and a computer voice was like, you know, um, Philip Morris is under court order to tell you that tobacco products can kill you. Did you see those? No, I have no so, recollection of those. I have but some that's video crazy. of them. 
But yeah, that was one of the resulting things that came mm. out of this. Uh, and they, so this lawsuit, I think, was settled in like the, it was concluded in the early 2000s, but there have been appeals and all kinds of stuff dragging on and on and on. And so these commercials finally aired, I think, in 2017. They were mm-hmm. very bizarre. Um, but the tobacco companies had to do them as like punishment for, so yeah, this was a big RICO case that happened started in the late 90s like 99 i think it was filed and then it was settled sometime or concluded sometime in the early 2000s Mm, that is fascinating there's a lot of interesting the history of tobacco control so weird it's so weird what people like agreed to and like i don't know we're it's really bizarre it's really really bizarre it says uh um the face-to-face negotiating sessions and conference calls were so sensitive that Philip Morris and the Campaign for Tobacco for Kids refused to even tell their closest allies. Yeah. They were like cheating on their friends. It was. William Corr was the executive director of Campaign for Tobacco for Kids at the time, and he said, we would never get into bed with these guys. Philip Morris is, you know, is the opponent. Philip Morris is the bad guy. Um, Scruggs... Why didn't I see this guy's first name? John Scruggs is the vice president of governmental affairs for the Altria Group. Here's what he had to say. This is just really interesting. He says it's far from an alliance. Definitely not an alliance. We have a common interest of seeing the same piece of legislation enacted. That's all. They're working very hard to support the same legislation that we also happen to be working very hard in support of. But it's not, it's not an alliance. It's not, it would make more sense if Campaign for Tobacco for Kids and Philip Morris weren't talking. Then that would actually make sense because then you'd have Campaign for Campaign for Tobacco for Kids over here with like their legislation and they're going, this legislation benefits us. I don't know why Philip Morris is so in, interested in it. And then you'd have Philip Morris over here with the same legislation going, this legislation benefits us. I don't know why Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids are so interested in it. Let's both separately push this legislation. But they were well, but they, they wrote were it talking. together. They they wrote it together. They wrote it together because and they were, here's Here's the thing that Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids and everybody who's being pragmatic realizes. If you want to get this through, if you were able to get a tobacco company to support it, Mm -hmm. your chances of it going through are Mm -hmm. exceedingly higher, Mm -hmm. right? They know this. So just like the MSA, basically these groups came together and they were like, it was like a settlement agreement. It was a negotiation. Okay, you get this, then I get this. Yeah. Well, I want this. Well, then I get to have this. Yep. And they came up with something that they could both live with so that they would both lobby for it. Yep. It, but it's not an alliance. Not an it's alliance. It's not an alliance. Not an alliance. They just both groups separately, a tobacco company and an anti-smoking group, both happen to support the same legislation that they believe will both be beneficial to both of them. Yep. Nothing fishy about that. How can, how could tobacco legislation benefit both anti-smoking and tobacco companies? Are, Are you asking me? 
I, I'm just kind of posing the royal question to whoever's out there. Just think about that for a second. How could how could legislation benefit both big tobacco and anti-smoking groups? How? It includes some things that are lip service mm-hmm. and some things that protect cigarette companies. Because mm-hmm. the legislation, for anybody that's unclear, the, the legislation that they're talking about in this article that he's reading is what eventually became the Tobacco Control Act, right? Yes. The Family Smoking Prevention uh. and Tobacco Control Act. The big act signed in 2009 by Obama that put uh, cigarettes under the thumb of FDA along with vapor products, yep. right? That gave FDA the authority to rule over tobacco product. And I say rule because that's how I see it. Yep. Um, but regulate, they right? So this is that big piece of legislation that took like drama and a long time but eventually that's how we wound up with the deeming rule which put vaping squarely under fda and that's why this is the piece of legislation that we're talking about the tobacco control act the tobacco control act and we'll get into it in just a second but there was many people in public health that were not excited about what campaign for tobacco free kids did with this The seeds of today's coalition, not an alliance, totally not Mm -hmm. a coalition, not an alliance, Mm -hmm. you guys. Mm -hmm. It's not an alliance. We just have to make that very clear. The seeds of today's coalition were planted years ago when executives at Philip Morris and Tobacco Free Kids quietly made separate decisions about how they would deal with tobacco legislation in the future. At Philip Morris, an evidence shift emerged in 98. Facing billions of dollars in lawsuits by smokers and declining cigarette sales, company executives began considering ways to head off future lawsuits and protect their market dominance. The key word here is market dominance. There's a reason why other tobacco companies called this the Marlboro Monopoly Act or the Marlboro Protection Act. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Altria executive uh, Berlind wrote a memo, 32-page internal memo. In this memo, Berlind likened the regulations of cigarettes by the Food and Drug Administration to federal oversight of other risky products such as guns, alcohol, gambling, right? Even in the case of firearms, the government didn't outlaw the products but instead largely leaves it to the consumers to discern the riskiness of the products themselves. That is the smartest thing I've heard a tobacco executive ever say. And I wholeheartedly and completely agree. I don't think it's the government's job to protect you from yourself. I think it's the government's job to regulate a product for safety and then go use it if you want to. Here's everything mm-hmm. that's wrong. Here's everything bad that can happen from alcohol. You know, right. destroys your liver, inebriation, uh, seven kinds of cancer, all this bad stuff with alcohol, but you can't drive when you can't. Yeah, right. It. You can't drive. But here's alcohol. Knowing what you know, you can decide if you're going to use alcohol or not. That's the way it should be. So yeah, I'm agreeing with Berlin, who was the head of Altria. That's one point. That's fine. Publicly, it says the company still opposed FDA legislation on Capitol Hill, but the tide was turning. This transition accelerated a few months later when Philip Morris Relations campaign called public relations campaign called PM21 
This was an effort to polish the company's image. The firm purchased millions of dollars of anti-smoking advertisements, funded a range of programs to reduce teen smoking, and ramped up its political donations, according to current and former Philip Morris lobbyists. Support of FDA regulations seemed to be the next logical step in the image campaign, according to the memo from one from one of Philip Morris's public relations firms. Though the nature of the FDA regulation does present some challenges for Philip Morris, we believe that it also opens an important opportunity for the company to enhance the Philip Morris corporate image. Enhance that Philip Morris corporate image. So <laughs> Philip Morris in the late 90s embraced regulations to show that we're a good company. You know, we're the good guys. They say the simple fact that other tobacco companies will likely come out on the opposite side of, opposite side of this issue provides Philip Morris with a chance to distinguish itself from its competitors as a good corporate citizen. Good corporate citizens. <laughs> Philip Morris. Remember in, uh, oh, was that 2019, where Philip Morris, Altria, Jewel, pre-banned their own flavors for pre-banned all their own flavors because they wanted to be seen as good corporate citizens. They went, no, yep. no, no. We're the responsible vape company. All those other vape companies, they're still selling flavors, trying to hook your kids. But Jewel, we are the good company and we will pre-ban our flavors much in the same way that Philip Morris, back in the day, supported excessive regulations on tobacco products because they knew that it would make them look good and it would hurt their competition. Mm -hmm. <sighs> of course, these new federal regulations also stood to help the company's bottom line. Of course it did. There'd be no reason to support it otherwise. Yep. <laughs> There'd be no reason to support it otherwise. There has Philip, to be a carrot. There has to be a carrot. There has to be a carrot because Philip Morris controls roughly half of the $40 billion annual cigarette market. A ban on cigarette advertising would help the company solidify its grip on the market. Without the ability to advertise, smaller players like Brown and Williamson and R.J. Reynolds would have few options to swipe the market share from Philip Morris, the world's most recognized brand, the Marlboro Man. R.J. Reynolds dubbed this bill the Marlboro Monopoly Act. Campaign for tobacco-free kids literally just helping big tobacco, seemingly. Seemingly just helping big tobacco, uh, helping Altria ensure their market share, helping Altria destroy their competition, you know, destroy their competitors because they can't advertise now. So that's just going to help Altria even more. Mm-hmm. Marlboro Monopoly Act. So even with all of this, Campaign for Tobacco for Kids was still like, no, yes, we still want to push forward with this legislation no matter how much it helps big tobacco maintain their market share. That is bonkers to me. <laughs> that is bonkers well, I mean, to if, me. If you think about it, like what was the MSA? The MSA was a giant scheme to basically... Like the reason tobacco companies signed off onto it is because it was legal price fixing, mm. right? Like it was, they, you know what I mean? Because the original cigarette companies that were sued, um, 
you know, would have to pay this money in this settlement, they were like, no, in order for this to work, you have to get all our competitors to sign on too. Yeah. Because if we have to pay this money, then we have to raise our cigarette prices and they're not gonna, so they're gonna have cheaper cigarettes and that won't be fair. And they're gonna, you know, take our market share. Right. So there were things written into the MSA that basically I don't even I don't even know if I want to get into it, but basically <laughs> You don't have to get into it as much as you don't want to. So I there may or may not be a video of some type oh. coming out oh. in the near future. Don't spill all the beans. This topic. So let me just say that there were incentives put in. Yes. And essentially it was legal price fixing. That's what the MSA did. Yes. So everybody's cigarettes were the same and they were expensive. So yeah, and this does not surprise me at all. Expensive. Um, right. The Mar so Mon Marlboro Monopoly Act. So it says Philip Morris uh, reached out to lots of people in the anti-smoking community. I'm trying to paraphrase here just for the sake of time, but they reached out to Scott Ballin. Does that name ring a bell to you, Scott Ballin? Not specifically, but it, I'm terrible with names. It rings a name. It it rang a bell for me, and so I had to go searching. Scott Ballin in 2019 wrote a huge piece for USA Today talking about how CDC and FDA are getting Evoli wrong and how it's not coming from legal nicotine vaping. And if you say don't vape, then smokers are just going to go back to smoking when previously they had quit with e-cigarettes and vapor products. And he's talking about the science of vaping, how it's 95% less harmful and it's a harm reduction measure. And so Scott Ballin became like a huge, like he was an anti-smoking guy at this time, but he became like a big pro vaping guy as well. Like when the technology emerged, he instantly, he instantly jumped on it. But in 2004, he was consulting to Philip Morris as an anti, as, as a member of the anti-smoking community, Philip Morris basically came to him and he, I mean, he more or less was a consultant to them. He said that he sensed that they were doing some internal soul searching. And I think Scott Ballin's being way too nice to Big Tobacco because I don't think Big Tobacco was doing any internal soul searching. I think they were just trying to get this legislation passed and they wanted to do it any way possible. And even if that means reaching out to anti-smoking groups that want your company like put out of business, you know? Philip Morris is always working in the interests of Philip Morris and Campaign for Tobacco for Kids is always working in the interests of Campaign for Tobacco for Kids. But in 2004, those interests became one interest. Now, I'm going to skip over a lot of the second part because it talks about the hard time that they had coming together. It talks about that people from Philip Morris wouldn't even call Campaign for Tobacco for Kids. People from Campaign for Tobacco for Kids wouldn't even call Philip Morris to get them on the phone, to like come to the table, to even try to discuss this. And that just seems so childish to me. These are the adults in the room. Oh yeah, no, these they had to have like middlemen. Also, I remember reading these talks broke down like so many so times. So many times, multiple, it took multiple years. times, years. Yeah. These talks kept breaking down. It's like, you guys are the, like you call, I don't want to call him, you call him. You want to talk no. to him, you call him, not call him. He has to come here, I'm yeah, not he going has to there. He has to call me, I'm yeah. not gonna call him. You want to talk to him? You call him. That's not, I'm not doing it. Bunch of children, man. <laughs> Bunch of children. And then so in swoops, 
Mark DeWine. So DeWine was a representative at the time, I believe, Republican from Ohio. He's the governor of Ohio now. But basically, DeWine sort of stepped in. He's been like a public health guy. He says he's a lifelong public health advocate. And he kind of stepped in and was like, hey, this bill's really close. If I can just get Campaign for Tobacco for Kids and Philip Morris to talk, then maybe we could get this over the finish line. And that's kind of what, that's all he did. He stepped in his office, had to organize literally every meeting. It says Mm -hmm. both sides say that all of the talks were arranged by DeWine's office because officials from Tobacco Free Kids felt uncomfortable, sorry, officials from Tobacco Free Kids and Philip Morris felt uncomfortable dealing with each other. Mm -hmm. Children. I feel like, wait, I feel like in these meetings, okay, are you ready for this? Picture this like giant conference room and a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Matt Myers is sitting at one end and he's got a guy sitting here. And then like the head of Philip Morris is at the other end with a guy and he's like, you can tell him that I said <laughs> yeah. that yeah. I, when they're in the same room. Yep. You know, I feel like you tell that's... him that I said, "Yep," and he can hear. Yep, but they have to. I feel like that it's is like, literally what happened. I can hear you talking. So I'm not yeah. talking to you. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking to Bob. To, Bob is going to tell the, you the what proxy. I said. <laughs> they're the adults in the room. They're the adults in the room. <laughs> Uh, It says, in the end, the two sides settled on a bill that would give FDA broad new authority to regulate the sale and marketing of cigarettes and other tobacco products. Buried in there was a, you know, a bailout, a a bailout for tobacco farmers as well that Mm -hmm. may or may not be impacted by this. It says, uh, despite the progress produced by the talks, many anti-smoking advocates are displeased with what Tobacco Free Kids has done. Mike Siegel we know Mike Siegel. Hey, yep, you know Mike Siegel. We know Mike yep. Siegel. Mike Siegel, Boston University professor with close ties to the anti-smoking movement said, uh, you don't negotiate with the enemy. You don't sit down with tobacco companies. There's no reason for a public health group to put compromises in a bill unless they are trying to appease Philip Morris in order to retain their support for the bill. Yep. That's exactly what happened here. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what happened here. Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids and Philip Morris both wanted all of their stuff in the bill. And obviously all their stuff isn't going to fit in the bill. So there has to be compromises. Mm -hmm. Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids is willing to, you know, all compromise on this. If you do this, Philip Morris says, okay, I'll do this, but you can't do this. I'll do this, but you can't do this. So Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids kind of broke away from literally all of public health and went on their own, like, solo adventure of tobacco control and just got a bunch of stuff into this into this bill at the behest of lots of other public health people who are saying, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And the truth is... Matt Myers and Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids wanted this bill so bad. They wanted this bill so bad that they couldn't lose Big Tobacco's support because for some reason, Altria was also supporting this bill. This bill is not going to get through without both of their support. So Campaign for Tobacco Free Kids, despite warnings from other public health groups, made a lot of compromises in this and signed on board with legislation that 
even though it helped further their agenda, it also furthered Big Tobacco's agenda. So now yes. we're both up to the same level playing field again. No, no one lost. No one won. They both won. And Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids went way out of their way. I mean, eventually went way out of their way to craft this legislation with Big Tobacco so that it would benefit both of them. Mm-hmm. And that seems bonkers to me that Matt Myers did that. Completely I mean, it, bonkers to me. Yeah, it seems impossible the way that he impossible. acts. Impossible. Unpopular opinion over here. Mm-hmm. I actually think that they should do that more. Like, What's that? I actually campaign like, for tobacco free kids and Philip Morris. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that, I think campaign for tobacco free kids and all the you know people who the anti people should get comfortable working with the products that they you know want to get rid of. Like, yep. I think we need to be grown ups here about yep. this. And the fact of the matter is, if you want to accomplish your goal of less people smoking, and that is the goal, uh, supposedly, like like Philip Morris now says that they're trying to get to a completely smoke-free yeah, portfolio smoke-free by society. like yeah. 20, whatever it is. You know what I mean? They say, now you don't have to, I don't think that necessarily this is soul searching or, you know, what. A, it's true that who was in charge of Philip Morris back then is not who is in charge of Philip Morris now, nope. right? This is a company. It's mm-hmm. not a person. People die. They get replaced. Yeah. It's like, not this a is... senator. It's not Diane Feinstein. Right, right. This is, it doesn't have a personality. It is run by the people <laughs> who run it who change over time. They say now that they want to focus on harm reduction. Okay. If that's the case, then, you know, A, I mean, you don't have to believe them right out the bat. You can but be cautiously I, optimistic. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, prove it. Let's that's, see you. Yep. Let's see you do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You don't have to believe that they're good people, but you do have to believe that they're interested in following money. Because yes. they always are. Yes. And if money is in the direction of harm reduction, that's where their little sniffy nose is going to take them. They you know what I mean? are so, a, a business that wants money. Yes. They're a business that wants money. So when... People stop smoking and their cigarette sales go way down and they see what's everybody switching to. Oh, people want to vape now. All right. We'll sell you fucking people some vapes. They, that's yep. all they want. They just want money. Bonus. It doesn't kill you. So we have a customer for yeah, longer. Bonus. It doesn't kill you. And this is where we land with this weird like. Is big tobacco going to help us without us even realizing it or having any hand in it? Because that's kind of where I keep landing because PMI has lobbyists, PMI Mm -hmm. has money, PMI Mm -hmm. sells vape stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So is this a case of PMI might legitimize vaping a little bit more for us, but also going to screw us in the process by like crafting legislation that's going to close small businesses kind of like it's already happening right now. That's what you have to be one of those like, I'm thankful that Philip Morris International got vaping to be legitimized and saved, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives, but at the cost of literally every small vape business manufacturer in the world, we might not have a choice. We might just have to watch the big tobacco train roll down the tracks. I mean, they have way more resources and money and experience and all the things. I mean, look at what they, they got signed into law what many people called the marlboro protection act right they yeah. know how to play this they game do. okay and they're good and at so it. <laughs> they are very good at it and i do think that if it's in their interest they're going to try to you know get things for their products but what you have to remember is that they're not out here jewel even also is not out here championing championing 
vaping for everyone. Nope. They're they're championing their product. Yep. They're partic- they're a company. They are not an advocate, right? Nope. They're not you or me or Nick or anybody. They want their product to be on the market and they will do what is necessary to protect their product. Right. If that happens to help the product category in general, okay. If it doesn't, okay. That's how they feel about these things. And yep. you have to understand that if you're going to try to navigate, you know, this world. I don't yep. view big tobacco as evil or good. I just view them as like you would any predator out in the wild, right? Sure. You need to be cautious. cautious. You need to know what they're interested in, what's going to spook them, what they're looking for, yep. and then act accordingly. Because yep. getting mad at the tiger Money. for biting your arm off is kind of pointless. Yeah. So maybe figure out how to navigate around the tiger. You can't get like, mad when the leopards eat your face when you're the one that voted for the face-eating leopards. I mean, yeah, also, we su- <laughs> all of us here supported Big Tobacco for years of our years. lives. Years. I gave so, PMI so much money. Marlboro Smooths all the way. Philip Morris has Camel, so much of I my money. So much money. So much of my money. This was this was an incredible read. I'm going to leave it in the description so that you can you can just read this whole thing yourself. Uh, there's one last quote here from Matt Myers. Again, not an alliance. Just want to nope. make very clearly sure that this was completely reluctant. This was not an alliance. We didn't both have self interest in this. Matt Myers says. There are people whose interests you don't normally share, but for different reasons, you're able to agree on legislation. That's what happened here. Matt Myers signed on to this bill knowing that it helps big tobacco. Matt Myers signed on to this bill knowing that it protects the Marlboro monopoly. Yes. But Matt Myers, how... I don't know how Matt Myers sleeps at night. I don't know how he can justify that. I don't know how he can justify helping Big Tobacco, helping, like actually helping his enemy, but because he got some stuff out of it, then it's okay. Yeah, I mean, he felt that restrictions on marketing were worth it, right? We're, we're going to restrict everybody's Marlboro advertising. To be the dominant, you know, right. product right. in America. I mean, right? If he wants no more people to see ads for smoking, if you stop all the ads... Whoever's the biggest guy right now is probably going to stay the biggest guy. Probably right? going to stay the biggest guy. You know, so they were like, oh, well, you know, we don't want it on TV. So that fine. That's OK. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. See, I kind of feel the same way, Ern. I, I, I'm i a libertarian, but I, I mostly agree with you because there's no taking into account. The one thing that no libertarian ever takes into account is human greed. You can't take that into yep. account. You could have someone other than Jeff Bezos at the head of Amazon, some benevolent person like a Dan Price or something like this who wants to run right. their business differently and pay their employees better. That's the kind of person that you hope is successful and becomes a successful capitalist. Right. The person that you don't want to become a successful capitalist are people like Jeff Bezos who are just dragons who just sit on their money and do nothing with it and just just roll around in their gold. I mean, capitalism rewards those who are the most most ruthless, to be honest. They do. With you. It does. Like, Dan Price is going to get though. to a certain level, but ultimately, the guy who's willing to cross the lines, he's going to get to the top. And right. that's just how it works. Like, yeah. and you kind of need to understand that. Yeah, that is. Unfortunately, yeah, that's how it's supposed to work. The idealized version of the market would be not that. 
the idealized version of the market would be that uh, businesses are beholden to the consumer. So if some company, uh, you know, uh, dumps a bunch of trash in your lake, you go, well, what right. company was that? Well, don't we're not buying anything from them ever again. Right. right. You know, but crony capitalism. But crony kind of, capitalism, when you can get in there with the government and lobbying and you make them change actual laws in the favor of your company, that's not capitalism. That's not a market. That's not a level playing field. It's not. And I'll still defend capitalism, even though I agree with you, Earn. I agree. I think in 2021, if you want to be at the top of the capitalist system, you have to be evil. I don't think there's I any mean, room at the top for benevolence. I kind of tend to agree with that. I mean, there's a reason why, isn't there mm -hmm. some kind of study that shows that like a lot of CEOs are like psychopaths, basically? Like, uh, sure. That, I mean, like that's the personality. I can, I can agree with that. I'm not saying kill people. It's I'm like saying psychopaths don't necessarily kill people, right? They're just, they lack empathy. You know, they have things like that. They yes. tend to be, that personality type does very well as a CEO, is what yes. I'm saying. Very well there's as a, a reason. CEO. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's like the same personality type that goes to wants to get into politics. Um, yeah. Like, hi, you're Narcissists just a, you're just a narcissist, to, like yeah. power hungry person. You want to yep. dictate what someone else does and you want to mm -hmm. make that like your whole identity and your whole yep. job is to write laws to control other people. There are no benevolent politicians. Zero. Certain jobs. Maybe attract Julie Casimiro certain types of people certain jobs attract certain kinds of people and if you're on youtube that's a high school dropout with tattoos that's how you end up on youtube buddy follow or, my career path i mean i have tattoos you have tattoos but did you go to college did you go to higher education i did, yeah, so you, I did go to college yeah i got none of that I got i'm not that. the typical youtuber I guess. yeah you're not you're very not you're the president of casa damn it to be honest with you, I'm just on your channel, though. It's yeah. not like, you know. Well, look, you you were on the That's What She Said for a while. You do truth about vaping. I mean, you, yeah, but you, I'm not on that. Daniel Jones. I know, but it's still. I don't consider myself here's the a thing. YouTuber. It's, it's essence. It's the essence of Daniel Jones. It's still your voice. It's the essence. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, the essence you. of Daniel Jones. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, I think we just need to tear the whole system down and start up over again. I mean, you know. I don't see anything wrong with that. Burn it down. It's obviously not working. Hasn't been working for a while. We can do something that works. You know, I, I we're we're the adults in the room. Yep. I don't know what. Yeah, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that people can't just go. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Do you want to do something that works, or do you just? Oh, we're just gonna keep. Okay, we're just gonna keep going with the this. Okay. Because cool. that guy's getting Status paid quo. and that guy's getting paid and Status that guy's quo. getting Keep paid. So yeah. we can't really yeah. get out of this. That cuts into revenue streams and tax revenue streams. And when you have an, an intrusive technology like vaping. Disruptive. Disruptive and intrusive. Sociopaths, Adituni. <laughs> See, I don't like to use the word sociopath because sociopath is like a criminal justice word. It's not actually a psychology word. Psychopath is actually the psychopath. psychology word. Yeah. But when you hear this is a tiny rant. When you hear psychopath, you usually think like the movies and that means murder. But actually psychopaths don't. Psychopath is like the word sociopath, mm. but the actual correct clinical usage mm. of it. Sociopath is what cops say. 
basically. Sociopath, That's a criminal yeah, justice. Sociopath. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have a psychiatric definition. Sociopath. Well, it's a cop word. I'll Psychopath what, is the I'm correct do, word. I'm going to leave you to talk with the chat because I don't want to end the stream just yet. I'm going to go take a bio oh. break. Oh, hey chat! Oh my God, guys, I'm running You're it. You're on YouTube now. You're a YouTuber. What this is your YouTube. I do? Oh my God, Ma Dad's gone. Call your friends. Let's have a party, guys. This is amazing. What are you doing? I'm supposed to talk to chat. I feel real awkward being on Grim Green stream all by myself. Oh, what if I do something bad? Now I don't have any of the controls. I can't do anything. It's fine. Yeah. I, I have one of my best friends is a psychologist. This is why I go on this tiny rant. Also, I'm really into like serial killer shows and like all kinds of stuff. Like I find it very fascinating. Yeah, technically the word is psychopath, but it doesn't mean killer. It just means what you usually think of when you say sociopath, but that's a cop word. So I don't like to use it. What's my favorite murder documentary? Oh my God, that's really, there's so many John Haymaker. I don't even like true crime one or just like any kind of murder. Oh, well, you say documentary. So I guess that's like all of them. Can I just say all of them? What is your favorite murder <sighs> documentary? John Haymaker asked. We're talking about My murder. Favorite murder documentary. Uh, I can't even I don't know if I can pick one. I liked you know when I so I have never been into like murderers mass murderers or murder documentaries oh, before i met really? my wife yeah i never oh, okay, cared okay. i never was like I, I worked with a guy at starbucks who was a maintenance mechanic who like worked in a prison where they were holding uh gacy john wayne gacy and like oh okay he talked to him like they carried on a conversation through the cell doors and things like this like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's terrifying but really, yeah. Casey has a huge obsession with like true crime and murder and things like oh, that. So I never, it. yeah, I never cared until I met Casey. And then, you know, we just, we just start watching murder documentaries or whatever. And I get, oh, and yeah. I, you know, I find them fascinating. The last one that we watched that I really, really liked was the HBO one about the Golden State Killer. Oh, that one was so good. So okay, good. John Haymaker, that one is my favorite. You I can't remember the title Nick, of it. Just, um, um, what Something, we do in the in the dark be, in the shadows. In the shadows. I'll be gone in the dark. 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 <laughs> it's based on her book, which I actually bought but didn't read. But I love the series so much that I bought the yes. book. Yes, haven't read it yet. What we do in the dark, right? Something what, that what, one. Think we do? Yeah, it was about the Golden State Killer, and yes. uh, that's uh, my favorite. Incredible documentary. Awesome documentary. Also, just a fascinating story of yes. the Golden State Killer, who was like really prolific during the certain time period and then he just stopped and he's like well, i guess i got away with it and he lived crazy. for like he finally got arrested oh, at like 75 man. or something yes. yeah it's crazy crazy yeah you guys if you have not seen that one you have to watch it. it's on yeah. hbo that that's my favorite one nick reminded me that's my favorite one. that it's a good one that's a good one that's i i we also watched uh the Menendez brothers. We watched a doc about the Menendez oh, yeah. brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that one. That one was oh. creepy. Also, we have to mention Menendez Don't Fuck With Cats. That oh, yeah. Don't amazing. Fuck With Cats. With yeah, don't Deanna. Fuck With Cats. It's amazing. Come Deanna's on. awesome. Deanna's old school, man. She's oh, old school. Yes. I remember hanging yes. out with her at vape shows. I remember SLV, mm -hmm. that Facebook group. Yeah, I remember that. Deanna. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, Don't Fuck oh, With God. Cats is great. We just, we haven't watched anything. We watched uh, Interstellar again. Because I can't, I still like my brain melts every time I watch this it. movie. I'm so into this it. movie. I love it. And I mm -hmm. keep reading about mm -hmm. like 
oh, there's a rumor that they might do a prequel. And I'm like, oh, there's a rumor that they might make it a trilogy. Like, oh, yeah. Interstellar. Yeah. I love it. I love Interstellar. So that's what we watched. Uh, we've been watching Friends. Haven't really watched any movies or cinema lately. That's okay. Oh, oh I've watched. What did you watch? Uh, uh, my, my husband made me watch um, From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, yeah. Robert Classic. Rodriguez. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good mm-hmm. movie. From Dust Till Dawn. You dig on the horror movies usually? Uh, I we love. about this? Yeah. I felt like you dug on horror love movies. Love horror. Okay. Love scary, love horror, love thriller. Yes. All of it. Um, this one was, I mean, you know, Robert Rodriguez, I have mixed feelings. He's a little over the top, obviously. A little you know? over the top. Uh, it's a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the extra. that's 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 why that's what makes it so endearing. A Robert Rodriguez movie, you know, it's going to be way over the top every time. I have mixed feelings. Like I like some of his stuff. Don't get me wrong. This sure. was definitely this took a turn that I was not expecting. Okay, okay. I did not expect vampires. All right? Oh yeah, Watching, yeah. Like three quarters of the way through the movie, it's like, by the way, this is supernatural, and right. you're like. What? <laughs> yep. You're like, oh, you oh, never by the way. died. Oh no! Hey, I'm uh, the host again. Again. The YouTube gods have spoken, and they want me to take over the channel. I'm just kidding. Um, well, but yeah, if I was. Have, then that's, I, guess, <laughs> shit. I was not expecting vampires. I was slightly pleasantly surprised. It was a little interesting. I felt whiffs of of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer. Sure. Kind yeah. Of yeah. In there. Yeah. I felt. I think it's like same sort of era. So. Yeah, I yeah. overall liked it. I really liked it was, that movie. There's over the top gore. I find kind of annoying. So I mean, I did feel some type of way about that. Yeah, it's just it's like um the Arnold movie that drove me nuts. Uh, get your ass to Mars. That movie. Oh, Total Recall. Yeah, with the eyeballs and the expl- oh, yeah. no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Their eyeballs are popping out on Mars, and he's like, ah, ah, ah. yeah. It literally pulls me out of the movie, and I get yeah. annoyed. See, like, sometimes I like, I like over the top gore because to me it it separates, it separates the like the, okay, this is definitely fantasy, you know? Right, like, right. If I see someone gets shot with a shotgun and then just like their head explodes, I go, oh, it's so unrealistic. Okay, yeah. so I know it's a movie. But when I see something that's really like visceral and uh-huh. like uncom- like too accurate of violence, uh-huh. where uh-huh. there's like, you know, you can hear people like sobbing or screaming and, you know, ah, too real oh, okay. really kind of gets to me. But like oh, you like the that. top horror gore, okay. I don't care. Like I've played Mortal Kombat my whole life and seen, you know, ripping out spines and pulling out hearts Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm, gory mm -hmm. movies. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because there's an element of fantasy to it when it's too real and too visceral. It feels too real. And I, you know, I I start empathizing. We had to stop watching a uh, we had to stop watching a document, a docuseries about Waco, Texas. That was like a dramatization so it was re it was acted right it was i think i saw this i think i saw this yeah and there's this scene where the feds have shown up and people are being shot and there was this guy who's like running and he gets shot in front of his girlfriend and i was like we Mm -hmm. have to turn this off i can't i can't watch two people running at each other and one of them dies because i put myself in that situation i think okay well what if i just watched casey die 
that would be fucking horribly traumatic. I can't watch this. So we had to turn it off. I like And this is why out. I cry in movies. I like okay? chickened out. I couldn't, t I had to turn it oh off. I was like, God. whoa, that's too much for me right now. Oh no, too I just let me. the tears flow. Just yeah. get it out. Really, I didn't want to sob. Like I have no problem crying or sobbing in films. Like there's plenty of movies that I know it's coming and I still like, <sighs> mm -hmm. you know? But that was like, I just felt like shocked. I was like, oh yeah. my God, turn this off. I don't, <laughs> I don't okay. want to watch this uh, person die. I only felt that way about one movie ever in my life. I don't know if anybody here saw it. Branch don't ask me why I saw it. It's a long story. But Passion of the Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the thrashing of the Christ. I was like. Yeah. No. It's real intense. I was traumatized yeah, after yeah. that movie. And there was no redeeming value from it. Sorry. Yeah. that was See, that came out when I was still very, very faithful to the church. And I, uh, I watched it. And watched it I was in high times, school. It was one of those like very faithy things. Faithy things. Yeah. I had a, a mentor, a school like teacher who I felt like was my mentor and he was very religious and I was not. And he convinced me to go see it. No. No. Regrets. 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 All the regrets. <laughs> Nothing helpful or redeeming about that movie. Sorry. Well, you know, it's the, it's not meant to be like a. I mean, the crucifixions were a terrible thing. Romans crucified a lot of people. It wasn't just Jesus. It was they, he cruci they crucified tons of people up on that same hill. So it's like the way that it was portrayed, just really pretty viciously brutal. It's like yeah, that was, was that's like, really very accurate for Roman crucifixions. Really very I, accurate for Roman crucifixions. I don't want to watch that though. I yeah, don't. I, I know. I, yeah. I don't get my kicks that way. I don't feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Also, I don't like believe in this so sure sure you're just making me watch torture yeah i'm just watching this poor guy get tortured and yeah, i'm not even getting nothing, anything like real, spiritual no. enlightenment out of it or no. anything mm -mm, <laughs> not for me no thank you more for you <laughs> more for you all right so we're scratching passion of the christ off of danielle's movie list that you know that is no get that out of there no more trauma from that movie well, I like didn't talk for an hour after like watching that. Were you I was, traumatized? I was. I was in high school. It didn't make you really wanna, like, upset. Crack open the Bible and read like Mark. Hard no. You could read that whole yeah. story. There's every every uh, every. Uh, 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 oh, I can't. Why can't I think of this? Every book, every Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John has a, a telling of the crucifixion story. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. I haven't the, like straight up. Uh, God, why can't I remember? I'm so out of practice. I can't even remember the names of the Bibles, of the Bible names. Matthew, what? Yeah, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. What are those called? They yeah. have like a name. It's called like the Gospels. The Gospels. The Gospel. The Gospel according to John. The Gospel according. Yeah, their own books. How many atheists? It's the does same it take story. To talk about religion. It's the same After. story told like through different people. So if you read yeah, yeah. John, it's the same as Mark, but it's told from Mark's point His of view point rather of view. than John's gotcha. point of view. So it's the same story kind of over and over gotcha. again. I see. I see. And so there's you get to see different points of view, I guess, of the Gospels, and uh, you know you hear the crucifixion story constantly, three or four times I, in the Bible. I realized I was an atheist when I was like. 13 i think or something really? so yeah that's cool i went hardcore into it i tried yeah. real hard i did you know like bible camp and like mm -hmm. youth group and sunday school and like 
communion and the whole thing. And then I was like, okay, enough's enough. It's not working. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm Bye. not. Uh, I'm not into this. I, yeah, I gave it the college try, like hard, and yeah. it didn't stick. So I was like, okay, I did it. I'm yeah, out. It's not Bye. for everybody, you know. It's not for everybody. I, I I I keep falling on so many different sides of this, but ultimately, I. Uh, Ultimately, I, I I like that people have spirituality and I like that sure. people have religion and I like that people have yeah. things like church that they can go to and be a part of a community. And, and I hope that that helps enrich, enrich yeah. their lives. And definitely, absolutely, because I was on that side of the fence. I went to church every Sunday. I, I loved going to church. I loved going to hang out with all my friends and that sense of community, you know, that's involved in the church and things like that. But mm -hmm. if you don't believe it. Yeah then you don't believe it. And that's what happened and to me. Kind of I the, liked youth group. That's kind of the biggest yeah. part of it, you know? I liked that hanging belief. out with people. I liked yeah. all that part. But when everybody was like, stunned to pray, I was the one asshole like, looking around. I don't around know how to like, do this. Is it this? What? Or is it this? What do I? And then it got to the point where people would be like, they want me to like say stuff. And I couldn't lie to them. Like I liked them as people. Right. I was like, you are really nice people. I want to be your friend. <laughs> And I would yeah. need to stand here and lie to your face and I can't come here anymore. I'm yeah. So, I can't yeah. do this. Yeah. Like, I can't lie to you. You're nice people. Like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you anymore. See, I no. would probably appreciate that. I'd be like, wow. Okay. I feel like you've really thought this out. I mean, yeah. I tried real hard to like believe it, but yeah. it just well, didn't. One of the things, I mean, I don't mean, we don't need to talk about religion, but one of the things that happens in, in, uh, the, in the church is at least in where I was going uh, with youth groups is there's a lot of like, it's, it's peer pressure to the point of like the peer pressure that you'd experience with cigarettes or alcohol or something like that. When you're in a big youth group and all of your friends are like, come on, bro, we all believe in Jesus. Why don't right, you, right. you right. know, there's that peer pressure side of it where you're like, Oh, oh well, okay. Maybe I, maybe I do. Maybe, ah, maybe I do. And then, you know, there's a very strong, like, peer there pressure is. part of it. It's never, yeah. I've never been to church where they're like, here's all the information. You decide for yourself, and then you come and get back to us. It's always right. like, right now, do you accept Christ right now? And you're like, ah, ah I don't like this peer pressure. Why are you making me do this? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry, but... Um, religious talk with Religious Nick talk Daniel. with Nick and Danielle. Here we go. I still, yeah, still lie to my family, but I'm sure they know. I just don't want to have that conversation right now. Nephron. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, and, and look, religion and spirituality, that's a very personal thing. Oh, sure. Those and are it's, different. It's, it's, I get that. You know, it's up to you. It's up to your own person uh, of what you want to do. The thing that bums me out mostly about, uh, like religious people in the United States is I just don't want you passing laws that affect me. Yeah. Don't push it on other people. I just right? don't. Not even that. I don't mind That's it being pushed rule. on. I don't even mind it being pushed on. I think I've given well, this speech before. Pushed on as in what I believe now has to be a right. law for you, even right, though right. you don't believe it. Yeah. So that to Laws, me is pushing it. Right. That is, don't, that is pushing don't it. Don't push it on me. Like don't. I don't. I don't, I don't believe that and it's great that you do right but don't make it affect my life it doesn't right. need to exactly. i don't i'm not i didn't join so i don't need yeah, repercussions I don't, I don't have to follow your rules right i don't follow those rules right don't, don't push it to. on me i don't have to so don't make it like a u.s law right exactly that's, you know uh religion based that 
totally not okay with. Every other yep. aspect of it, love it. Love it, actively miss it. I sometimes wish I wasn't an atheist so I could go and be part of a community like you know, oh yeah, I wished for a long time. Great that I people, could, like, and you just you hang out. Believe and, it. I know. I yeah. always had fun, but there's just that belief part of it where it's like, I, you know, I'm I, lying to you. I nice just people. can't. Yeah, I just, I just can't. But at the end of the day, do literally whatever you want. Yeah, as That's long as it I doesn't say. hurt other people, do yeah, as long as it whatever hurt you other want. People, you can even break some laws. I don't even care. I don't care. Go for it. Break some laws. All right, you guys. Well, we did run. Way long. This is the <laughs> longest TBN now. Oh, is it? I don't Sorry. know. We haven't quite hit two hours. Haven't quite hit two hours. I think we've been over two hours before, but that's okay. So okay. we'll just go ahead and wrap this up, you guys. Appreciate you coming to hang out, get some news, get some background information, keeping up the good fight, trying to fight bad legislation and flavor bans. And really, all I want to do is defend vaping. And I hope you guys are here to defend vaping. I know that, you know, TBN is generally the lowest viewed stream that we do here. But, you know, I understand that advocacy. It's not cut. Not everybody's cut out for this. You know, that's basically what it comes down to is like not everybody's cut out for this. I appreciate you guys being here. I appreciate you guys being cut out for this. And I appreciate you guys uh, getting educated and, and fighting the good fight, fighting the good fight. So. We'll be back in two weeks with some more uh, advocacy, newsy, just vapitastic good times. So all until the then, all the things. Until then, remember that no matter what anybody tells you, vaping is at least 95% safer for you than burning deadly combustible tobacco cigarettes, you guys. So no matter what's in your hand, let's keep on vaping. Be excellent to each other, everybody. Bye.